The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. My name is Opal Singleton. I am the host of this show, and this show is brought to you by Million Kids. That is spelled M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids. We're not one million kids. We're not a million kids. We're just simply million kids. And we work with the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. I personally uh, report to the Riverside County Sheriff Department to the Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. I'm funded through the Department of Justice grant. And I am very, very grateful for the Department of Justice to be able to support us in this. I have been doing this work for many years now by by human trafficking standards. Sometimes we kid that I'm the most trafficked person in Southern California. But I got involved in this a long time ago because I am retired and I saw this kind of thing happening and said, we need to understand how this works so that we can educate others to say never again. Well, when I first started, there were maybe one or two agencies out there doing it. I think there's over 100 right now in Orange County, California alone. And that is good. That means we're making uh, progress and that we are, in fact, educating others. This this crime is a changing crime, and I personally look at every human trafficking case in America every day and every child pornography case. I do that. I've been doing that for, geez, seven years now, and I have mounds and mounds of research. People say, where do you get this? Well, I spent hours studying it, and I want to share it with you, but it's not as easy as you might think. You know, everybody wants a little three-by-five card with, you know, the most likely points, bam, 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 this is what you look for. It's really very complex, this crime. Now, let me set the standard straight here. I I go to various functions where there are multiple uh, human trafficking agencies out there, you know, uh, educating, and some of them are soliciting donations. I I personally don't believe that there is a trafficker behind every bush, okay? I really don't. In fact, to me, that is the hard part of trafficking is they're hidden amongst us, and the victims are hidden amongst us. And so it's very easy to get all excited and say, oh, it's everywhere, it's everywhere. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. But when it is out there, it is horrific. And in order to be able to train law enforcement, which I do, we need to study cases and understand What's different in these cases? And there is a huge spectrum. This is the reason why we're doing two shows on this subject. There is a huge spectrum of what to look for and what it might actually look like to other people. Let me give you an example of a case. Now, as I mentioned, 
I look at every human trafficking case in the actually in the world now because of my global radio show, this being this one. By the way, I forgot to give you a little background on this. You can call in at 1-866-472-5788. That is 1-866-472-5788. Now, we have several thousand followers now around the world, and I especially appreciate those people that are following us in Europe because I know this is prolific and and I understand what is happening to you and the conditions that are over there. And quite frankly, it's been going on in, in uh, Asia for a very long time. But if you're listening live, and most people, many, many people listen by archive because of different time zones. But if you're listening live, you can call in at one 472 And we can actually talk. This is a real radio show with real interaction. But if you're overseas or in a different time zone or listening on an archive, you can contact me at Opal, O-P-A-L, at Me and Kids. We would ask you to follow us on Facebook. Go to Me and Kids. Go to Facebook. Find Me and Kids and just simply hit like. And make comments and educate yourself. So I want to talk about a case that I saw this morning as I'm going through my, my show prep here. And it... I want to just kind of share this case with you from the idea of, you know, what do you look for? Because that's what this show is about. Now, this case probably will be on our Facebook page later this morning. Susie, you see, posts that Susie Carpenter's our media marketing director. The headline for this case is latest colon prostitution ring busted semicolon. Three-phase human trafficking charges. Now, I have been following this case now for well over a year. One of the things that happens is that cases take a long time to get to court, especially if there's multiple victims. And in this case, it was a horrific case with many, many victims. And so it's going to go on for a long time. But there is much to be learned about this. Let me just give you a little bit of the background of this case. It's uh, out of Lake Worth. Lake Worth, I believe this is Florida. And it starts out by saying a trailer homes at trailer homes in suburban Lake Worth and in Martin County, Miguel Angel Alvarez Maradiega oversaw the family business of brothels and prostitution houses. So that's the first line. So what's that tell me? Well, we're in a trailer park. We're in a trailer park. There's a lot of people living in a trailer park. Not ever one of them was connected to this prostitution ring. They're seeing men and women come and go at all hours of the day and night. A lot of people in a, in a mo- mobile home coming and going and, and paying attention. Now, you're going to find out that they ran multiple brothels, but it is not uncommon, and that's one of the things you want to look for, is this often takes place in rental property. And it, they may actually park a family in the front of the property. But when you see a lot of people, especially a lot of people of an ethnicity, don't just assume they're having a family reunion. If they're coming all hours of the day and night, and they're mostly men, pay attention. That's a warning sign. In fact, you're going to see in here that they would bill by the every 15 minutes. So this trailer park must have looked like Graham Bus Depot. 
as people are coming and going or vans of men are brought in. That will happen. You know, if you see something like that, it's like the old see something, say something. You're afraid to say something because you probably assume this has to do with the cartel. And that is one of the ways these are allowed to survive is they work in communities of their own ethnicity and the word spreads really quickly. You tell your family will be killed. So that's one of the ways that you're seeing it. But you may not want to share that. The article goes on to say, with various men working under his command, Mar Diego sold the sexual services of women brought to South Florida from the Dominican Republic, from Colombia, from Costa Rica, from Puerto Rico, and from other countries from Central and South America. With the help of authorities, at least four men were arrested. One of the area's most extensive investigations to date in human trafficking, which some call modern-day slavery. So what I want to share with you here is this is a complex case. Now, you may have reported and you said, but I didn't see anything. I get those kinds of comments a lot on, on Facebook. They'll say, well, I called. They didn't call me back and tell me what was happening. Trust me, when you report a case like this, you're never going to hear from them again. It is for your own good and your own protection. But that should not keep you from calling, you know, and you can call anonymously. I just, on my other radio show, I have a local radio show here that plays throughout Southern California. I had our local head of Homeland Security. His name is Robert Gesht. And he's an amazing guy, and he's very, very good. And they don't realize A lot of people don't realize that they work in human trafficking and social media exploitation. And when you call them, they are going to, you can report absolutely anonymously. And that is what did happen here. It says that Mar Diego had been running the prostitution business ever since he took it over four years ago. So this is going on for four years when his brother was deported to their native Honduras on prostitution-related charges. So law enforcement's aware that there is a connection to prostitution, and surely people in the trailer park knew that. So what had happened is he was arrested on charges of deriving income from prostitution, maintaining a house of prostitution, and offering another other people out for prostitution. So this is a known family with prostitution to this group. So why they weren't continually watched, I can't answer that. There may be extenuating circumstances. And people may have called in, and so it took a while. This is a large-scale ring. This is a cartel. So how do they get busted? Well, you're going to find out there were some good people here who reported anonymously. It says on Friday, Palm Beach investigators charged two Palm Springs men that worked for Mar Diego with human trafficking and other charges. They were going on to say Byron Estrada, 28, oversaw one of the brothels and occasionally provided security because what's that tell you? There are people standing around watching. So this is not like, you know, uh, the Nelsons, if you know who that is. <laughs> Tell you how old I am. <laughs> anyway, this is not, you know, happy-go-lucky family time. These are people standing around guard watching people be brought in. 
that should have been obvious to people in a mobile home park if they were paying attention, but maybe they're afraid to talk. One of them oversaw one provided security and one collected the money from various men who sought sexual services at the brothel. These men were being brought in every 15 minutes. Okay. That ought to tell everybody something because that tells you that there's a crowd of people waiting in line for these services. This could not have gone unnoticed. What are you looking for? Well, this isn't your average family with two kids and a dog. This is a cartel-driven ring right in a mobile home park with people living around them. Pay attention. We're up against a break, folks. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. You can call into the show at 1-866-472-5788. 
Please follow us on Facebook by going to Facebook and looking at Me and Kids. And you can always reach me by emailing me at opal at meandkids.org. Uh, I, w- I do want to apologize. As many of you know, my husband uh, passed away eight weeks ago today, as a matter of fact. And I'm just now catching up on all the backlog. I spent quite a bit of time living in a care home caring for him uh, there and still keeping the business together. And so I am just doing the backstroke trying to catch up with all you guys. But I appreciate you hanging in there with us and uh, supporting the organization. I so much appreciate all the people who donate to me and kids. I am really probably the worst fundraiser in the whole world, but we can't do this if people don't donate. It is my absolute desire to give free human trafficking training to the entire world and be able to do that every week in a way that we can stop this, we can identify it, and we can learn to report it and help each other identify it. So we are analyzing a case. Now, this is a really tough case. If you don't live in that mobile home park, you might not be someone who could see it. However, a lot of people lived in a mobile home park and saw it. And, you know, I I really want to paint a picture for you. The reason I study these cases is I try to put myself in their position. Let's say this mobile home park had, uh, I'm going to make up a number, let's say 50 to 100. It's probably a small mobile home park, not a big one, maybe 50 to 100 people in it. And they may be all of the same ethnicity. That is huge if that is true, if that's like a community of all from Latin America, like the South America, um, Puerto Rico. Colombia, those areas, you know, they get it. They realize that this is a cartel and that they have to be very careful how and where they report. But you can report anonymously by calling 1-888-3737-888 or go online and find the Homeland Security Blue Campaign. It has a reporting number right there also. And I know you can report anonymously, and people did in this case. Now, here's the picture. These guys are some bad-looking dudes, okay? There are photographs on this article. The article, again, is latest. Prostitution ring busted. Three face human trafficking charges. This is from the Palm Beach Post uh, newspaper. It's actually from their website. And, you know, these are some really tough-looking customers. So be careful. The last thing we need is grandmas waiting outside a motel room trying to rescue a victim when you're dealing with a cartel. That is not helpful, okay, because you don't build a case. I mean, there are several vigilante organizations here in Southern California, you know, and they, they raise a lot of money. Wonderful people donate to them because they're doing something about it. Well, they may be interfering, but they are not building a case. You need a search warrant. You're dealing with cartels. You need to be able to connect the cartels from one city to the other city. You need law enforcement to be involved. Now, I'm opinionated. I don't apologize. I work with the Riverside County Sheriff Department, and I am funded through the Department of Justice. But I have seen time and again when somebody hands us a case and they think they're all a hero, and they're not because it is not a case you can take to court. Okay, off my soapbox. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. So what we have here is Mar Diego, and he's 31. 
And uh, his brother has already been deported for prostitution. They have already have a history in this family of making money through prostitution rings. And even though his brother was deported, this guy did not stop. Let that be a lesson to you. You're dealing with some tough customers when you're starting to identify this. So what we had is we had several people. Some of them were the watch guy. So that gives you an idea. They had... uh, they were had males coming and going every 15 minutes. Hello, what do you work for? Some high traffic in a mobile home park might be a good place to start. Okay, the investigators say multiple women were sold into prostitution to more than 100 men a week. Now, let's see, 7 into 100, what is that? 10 times 70, so that's 12, 15 guys a day. For a brothel like that, that's low volume in this, and, and, and they're saying that this was in one location, but they have multiple locations. We just had a large ring out here in California that was run by Chinese so that we don't pick on the people from Dominican Republic. In this case, it was run by a woman. They had a central dispatcher. When you called in from Backpage or uh, ZipZap or many of the other sites, and by the way, everybody's after Backpage. They are only the kind of the front of this. There are thousands of those sites, and you're going to take Backpage down, but they simply have already opened up offshore. It is a losing battle. It looks good for a politician, but it does not solve the problem. And so what happened here is we had a Chinese woman running a ring just like this, multiple locations from Camarillo, which is up by Santa Barbara, all the way to Ocean side bound by San Diego, even out here in the Inland Empire where I live. They were making so much money in that ring. Remember, they're doing this every 15 minutes. They have 50 bank accounts in nine different institutions. This is huge money. Another case that was on our Million Kids page, they had two guys from Honduras. Honduras, sorry about that, guys from Honduras. I didn't mean to butcher that. Anyway, they had two guys there in Florida doing cyber sex, cyber sex on demand, and they were masturbating 20 hours a day and generating $40,000 a week for a cartel. So I want you to get this idea how important it is to see it do not get involved but report it anonymously so we can go after it in this case they had multiple women being sold to more than 100 men a week just in one brothel in lake worth now they start to talk in this article about all the different brothels they ran. Uh, there, it doesn't matter to the rest of us, but there were at least five of them. So there were five opportunities there for people to see a lot of men coming and going in a residential community at all hours of the night. So what would happen is they said that Mar Diego distributed business cards to men in Hispanic communities, advertising clothing for men of all sizes. The reverse side of the card included the address of at least one of the brothels. Okay, what we're talking about here, if you don't know, is a residential brothel. And they're being advertised. I saw this happen out here in Southern California. They were giving out cards for auto parts places, you know, pick apart kind of thing, uh, for salvage yards. And on the other side was a card there. And they gave it to my husband, by the way, a card to let them know that 
you know, this was really a brothel being run in the back of a salvage yard. We're starting to see this in aromatherapy shops. And by the way, if you see aromatherapy connected to truck stops, that's another big place to look. Okay, and they're handing out cards when you go to Vegas or those kinds of places, you will see people standing on street corners handing out, you know, do you want sex? Do you want sex? Do you want sex? Do you want sex? And by the way, you know, you hear all the time, well, what if we legalize prostitution? Are you kidding me? That hasn't slowed that down a bit. You know, that that is just kind of increased the volume of what is happening on there. So. What happened is that they would get the cards this way. But a lot of times in residential prostitution, residential brothels, what you'll see, depending on the ethnicity of the community, what you'll see is they'll bring in migrant workers by van. You know, uh, they're usually people of their own ethnicity. They don't usually go outside their own ethnicity. They don't want to take a chance on outsiders. And so it's people of their own ethnicity violating their own ethnicity and bringing in people from their own ethnicity. Why is that? Because they can threaten those people saying, if you tell... I mean, you say to yourself, what about the sex buyer? Why don't we go after him? This is a guy who's also got a family back home controlled by the cartel. Now, I'm not going to say these guys are saints or they're not going in there looking for sex. But some of them are being exploited also in these um, groups where they have migrant trafficking. What will happen is they will work all day in the field and then they bring them in and they tell them that they're going to go in there and pay this girl $15, $25 to have have sex. Now, whether they want to or not, they're being watched in some cases. We have seen some of these cases where actually, while this is happening, a security guy standing next to the girl with his gun out. So how does that make the sex buyer feel? <laughs> so there are all kinds of things, you know, don't just think pretty woman. Because not all of these people are taking place out there making love. This is the cartel using other people's body for money. One woman told investigators that women would be flown to Fort Lauderdale from Puerto Rico, picked up at the train station in Lake Worth under the Interstate 95 overpass. So there's a lot of transient stuff going on here. Somebody would have seen this and said, you know, what is this, a cleaning crew? A bunch of women in a van being transported around, being left off under an overpass. He refused the women to allow to receive medical care and forced the woman to work as a house mom when she got pregnant, collecting the money and forcing other women to keep working. So even though she's pregnant, she's still being used in the ring. So she's scared to report. Do you get the fear that is going on here? The only way this is going to get reported is if an outsider sees it and says this is wrong. Usually a human trafficking case starts because somebody looks at something and says there's something real wrong here. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But I see this. I see this. I see this. I see this. Somebody in that mobile home park or one of the five mobile home parks could have said, you know, these people aren't paying bingo. The women are brought in. The other people are going in every 15 minutes and there's something wrong. Another woman told investigators the house typically had one to two women available at a time at all times with men paying for 15 minute sessions. That tells you 
if they are paying for every 15 minutes that there are a lot of men coming and going. Now, you talk about exploitation. Imagine having to service a man every 15 minutes, 8, 10, 15, 18 hours a day. This is human slavery, modern-day slavery, and the worst kind. They need you to recognize it and call anonymously. Overcome your fear. Pick up that phone. Dial 1-888-3737-888 and report. We're up against a break. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton Well, hello and welcome back. This is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. And we are talking about how to identify signs of human trafficking. Now, quite frankly, this talk could go on and on and on. We did it last week, and this will be our last week this time on this subject, and we'll move on to some other things. But we are talking about hardcore, and for the most part, we're talking about foreign national kind of trafficking. Last week, we talked about about just general uh, types of 
commercial sex trafficking and how to uh, look at it. And I may actually even do maybe one more show where we talk about how to spot child pornography and some of that kind of thing. But we're talking about foreign national trafficking because of this case that came up today. And I just really want to give you a feel for how I look at these things and how we analyze it, because this is how we learn how all of this is changing. So if you weren't in that trailer park, you probably would not be exposed to that unless you're of that ethnicity. So, you know, you have to be realistic on what you're going to see and what you're going to report. However, if there was some opportunity, because these guys are standing out on street corners handing out cards. Now, for the most part, I'm going to tell you, they stick to their own ethnicity. They don't want to take a chance on finding a cop. So in most cases, now, that isn't true in Las Vegas. They'll hand out cards to everybody. But in these isolated communities where they're all of, of a particular uh, country or area or community, they pretty well stick to their own. But that means they're counting on you not to report. And I'm going to ask you to overcome that and report. These crimes are horrific. The level of abuse is horrific. I want to talk a little bit about labor trafficking because that usually takes place also with foreign nationals. Now, there's a big push to get into labor trafficking by the Department of Justice, as they should. One of the challenges with labor trafficking is it just doesn't look anything like sex trafficking most of the time. And sex trafficking, quite frankly, is a little more obvious out there. It gets our attention, and we have so much of it, it is difficult to kind of make that left turn and go into labor trafficking. I think that it takes a special kind of expertise to identify uh, labor trafficking. And uh, I think that many, many times we're looking at it and we don't recognize it. One of the first signs is they may be living with an employer. Not always, but oftentimes that will happen. It looks like room and board. Let me share with you about what this looks like in a care home. There's something called six-pack care homes in here in California. These are small care homes that are privately run, often by people of ethnicity. And, you know, they will have only six beds in them. They're run out of a home. They're not highly regulated. And, you know, a lot of times it just looks like family. And you say to yourself, isn't that wonderful? Quite frankly, I had a cousin who was put in one of those, an elderly cousin. And it just was clean as a whistle, absolutely clean as a whistle. And the people were lovely. And it seemed like it was really, really wonderfully run. And I thought how fortunate he was. His wife uh, was of, uh, of Philippine descent. And so they were able to put him in there. And he was happy. And he got great care. And we would visit him maybe twice a year. And the people, you know, would say, you know, what great care he had. And at one point it came out that this one young man was sleeping on the floor next to him. Now, my cousin had Alzheimer. And I thought, how wonderful that was that somebody who had dementia would have somebody sleeping next to them. And, you know... They, we would try to get them to join with us as we had these big family get-togethers. <laughs> Filipinos can cook more food than I have ever seen in my life. And amazing food, too. Oh, my gosh, I'd come out of there. I think I'm not going to eat again for a, one, a month, you know. They were so wonderful in their hospitality. But I noticed that the help did not eat with us. 
And it was an interesting thing. Well, later, now keep in mind, I'm in human trafficking. I look at these cases. I'm walking into this. And later, I heard the testimony of a person that was a victim of labor trafficking. The case was taken to court. She won. She got a T visa. That's a trafficking visa. She gets to stay in the United States. And she won a settlement against her captor, her trafficker, a significant settlement as it was. Here's the deal. It started out by the fact that when she came over from the Philippines, she thought she was going to be a nurse. And she paid $8,000, her family did, for her to come because, you know, nurses in America, all you have to do is Google it. They make forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. Some of them make sixty and 80000 And she's sitting in the Philippines making ten. So what's $8,000? That's one year's pay if you can get to be a nurse in the United States. She came in legally. Did you hear that? She came in legally. She paid 8000 She came in legally. They immediately confiscated her documents. And she was put into a small six-pack bed. And she was forced to work 18 hours a day. She had the night shift. She changed the bedpan. She cleaned up the poop when the people lost control. You know, she, she got the colostomy bags. Uh, she fixed food. When she wasn't working with patients, she fixed food. That wonderful food that we saw out there, she fixed it. She slept on the floor next to people. And they held her documents. They told her if she ever reported that she they would hurt her family back home. And that she would be paying more. Get this. At the end of the month, when she went to collect her pay... And she thought she was going to be making maybe 8000 a month, maybe 4000 a month. She made 60 bucks, 60 bucks. They charged her for room and board. Now, I'm telling you this because I'm asking you to look for signs. And here I am walking right into this thinking, what lovely people and what great care my cousin's getting. So what you want to look for is living with an employer, okay, Living with an employer, sometimes it's poor living conditions. Now, that was not the case. In this case, it was beautiful and clean. It was spotless. It didn't smell a urine like so many places do that take in the elderly. I'm just blown away. So it isn't always like you think. This is the reason why this is a difficult crime to train you in. There can be a lot of different signs. Usually, they live in poor living conditions. Uh, There are a lot of people in one place. I had a case. I was training code enforcement here in Riverside County a couple, three years ago now. And, you know, I was explaining to them that there could be a lot of people living in one place. That day, they went back and told some other code enforcement officers, and he's going, heck, I just had a beautiful home in La Quinta, California. That's out by Palm Springs. This house is beautiful. I keep copies of it to show uh, train code enforcement. This is what a lot of these houses look like. I would have loved to live in that house. It was beautiful. It was rented by a man who ran a Chinese buffet. But when you got in there, they had taken this beautiful home on the inside and put up sheetrock and and stalls. They put in 27 stalls in this beautiful home, just wrecked the walls, putting this up there. And they're all using 27 Chinese guys using two bathrooms, living in 27 stalls. And the way this worked is they had a van. 
And every morning, all all group of them went out, piled into that van, and off they went. Now, this was a nice neighborhood out by Palm Springs. Somebody, somebody had to see 27 Chinese guys trying to get in a van or pouring into this house. They left early in the morning, and they came back late at night, but they also came back during the day. Somebody had to see this deal. And what was happening is they all work for a Chinese buffet. Chinese buffets often will employ people without paying them, bring them in from their own country. Now, they're being trafficked. In this case, these men would not talk. They had restriction of movement. They had to depend on their captor for for transportation. They would all be brought into a Chinese buffet early in the morning. They'd chop and dice and clean and mop and, and do all kinds of stuff, and they were barely being paid. Now, I'm going to tell you, none of these guys would report. They seem fairly happy. They were from a bad province of China, and living with 27 other guys in Palm Springs looked pretty good to them. But they were not being paid. When it was time to be paid, they were told, you owe us room and board and you owe us money for getting here. They were holding their documents. They're not free to go. They are not free to speak. You talk to these guys, you segment them off. The first thing you do is separate them off. In this case, this guy says, oh, no, no, they're getting good pay. you know. And so what we did is we brought the Department of Labor with us on our sting. Because we knew they were going to say, oh, no, no, these are all cousins and family and we pay them well. And we brought the Department of Labor and said, okay, let's look at your books for the last three years. Let's see the pay stubs. Let's follow those pay stubs to the bank. Did they get deposited? Sometimes these organizations will actually make out pay, but they never get deposited. Did they get deposited? Did you pay Social Security? Do these people have documents so that they can work in the United States? You know, because these people aren't going to talk. You can segment them off. They keep their head down. They keep their mouth shut. They know better. But we found this because we educated code enforcement. Look at living conditions. You know, are they being forced to live where they work? Do they have restriction of movement? Is there threat of physical harm? Even worse, psychological harm. I'm going to hurt your family back home. And they're of the same ethnicity, so they know they can find their family. Their family's making payments for them to get here, and they know that they can do this. You know, are they picked up at one location and they travel in groups? Watch for white vans with dark windows. I never eat at a Chinese buffet. and le- I know this is profiling, but I never eat at one of those places unless I drive out back. And if there's a white van with dark windows and, and you see them coming and going all together, I don't eat there. I call. I report. This is what is happening. And do not expect the FBI or Homeland Security or your local sheriff to call you up and keep you posted on the case. They just need the lease, the lead, and you need to go on about your business and let them handle these cases. These people are not open in their communication, and they know better than to talk. This is the underground and their own ethnicity, and their lives are in danger. You see... You report one eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. We're up against a break. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello, hello and welcome back. We are talking about how do you identify when you think you're seeing trafficking. And this is a very complex subject. We could probably do this show for about four weeks, but we're not going to. We're going to move along. But this week, we're talking about cartel trafficking and also labor trafficking, because I think we need a lot more effort on that. So what we've talked about up until now is labor trafficking, as it looks like in a Philippine-type care home. Uh, But it doesn't have to be Philippine, by the way. There are many ethnicities that run six-pack homes. I happen to see the one from the Philippines, but uh, and that that is because they do a lot of recruitment of their own because they do have a lot of education into nursing. That is true in India too, by the way, and also they speak English and they have uh, good solid training. So you'll often see these based on various kinds of ethnicities. This is taking place in the construction industry and also with things like subconstruction, like welders. This takes place with men for what it's worth. So don't be deceived. I believe is taking place in the warehousing industry. I'm still looking at that as we talk, but I do know that there are a lot of Mexico trucks coming up here, and not of them. I'm not suggesting they're bad. Many of them are good people who want to make a good living, but we have also seen Mexico trucks coming up that are bringing little boys and selling them into child pornography rings. And I have to believe that if you're coming up here, that you can also bring people that you drop off in warehouses, the area that I live in, in in the Inland Empire in Riverside County, I'm about 60 miles east of Los Angeles, we are a distribution hub for the whole nation. We have massive amounts of warehouses around here, and I believe that it's possible that there is trafficking in that warehousing community. 
Okay, I also want to talk about massage parlors because, you know, this is a tough subject. And we really need to crack uh, crack down on massage parlors because that is both labor and sex trafficking. And over here in our area, we're also seeing aromatherapy parlors. And uh, it's just another kind of ruse, and they're often by truck stops. Well, in the beginning, I used to play this game. I haven't done it for a long time. And of course, my husband's passed away now. So I suppose it isn't as much fun as it once was for me. But, you know, I'd be out and about and I'd look at a a massage parlor and I'd say, hmm, I'm wondering if that's a legitimate massage parlor or not. Well, before massage parlors get a bad name, I want you to know there are many good massage parlors. Getting a good massage is good for you. It's healthy and like that, assuming you're really getting a massage, I would not want to give them a bad name. Those women are trained and men trained very well on how they're kind of like chiropractors and they can relieve you of pain. So before we take on all massage parlors, let's clean that up. However, you see a massage parlor and it's kind of, you know, in a foreign language and it's got some pictures and, you know, it it doesn't quite look right. And you start seeing, you know, the businesses around you start to watch it. And, you know, they bring down, they're usually in a strip mall, and they bring down the businesses around them. So city councilmen and city mayors need to really regulate against them. I know it's a free country and you can have any kind of businesses, but we need to be able to license them, inspect them, and make sure that they are providing legitimate business so that you do not endanger the rest of the businesses, give your community, you know, in danger, because usually those come along with other kinds of crime. And uh, quite frankly, I'm concerned about all these pot dispensaries, because they attract other kinds of crime. They easily move into various kinds of crime that you don't want in your neighborhood and, you know, endanger the people around you. And so what happens here is if, in my case, what I would do is I would go into a massage parlor if I was suspicious of it. And what I would do is I'd just kind of pop in and go, hi, you know, uh, my husband's birthday's coming up and I want to get him a, a um, I, was, I was wanting to find out what it what it costs to get him a massage, get him a gift card for a massage. And, you know, they would look at you. Now, you can immediately tell the difference at that very line because a legitimate massage parlor has good pricing. They'll hand you a pricing sheet and they'll say, here's the services. And we'll say, oh, this is good. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll think about that. And then you leave. And it's that simple. But if it's not legitimate, they'll go, well, what did you have in mind? And I usually say, I don't know, what are you offering? (laughs) And they'll say, well, you know, this is this, this is this, you know, like that. And I go, really? Well, my husband doesn't get off till like 930 at night. Uh, What are your hours? Oh, your hours are from 10 a.m. to midnight. Wow. Wow. That's that's impressive. Okay. well, I'll give that some thought. Usually legitimate massage partners aren't operating at 11 o'clock at night. Okay, I look around that massage parlor. There's no pricing posted. 
you know, the windows are a little closed. A lot of it's in a foreign language. Oftentimes a girl will come out. She doesn't speak good English. You see that it's very closed off there. Now, most massage partners are closed off. I give you that because people are kind of naked back there. And uh, I remember going for a facial at a very high-end spa, and they had me take my top off. I'm like, hello, don't you know where my face is? Why do I have to get (laughs) But, you know, a massage parlor, most of them, you know, they're closed off. But these kinds of massage parlors are very closed off, okay? And so you're starting to get the idea what's going on. They're not speaking English. And so these are all signs that something is going on. I look around to see if there's a microwave somewhere back there in the back. You know, can I take a look at your bed and see what it looks like? Is it clean? You might see a pair of shoes underneath the bed. Uh, that's because she's living there. You know, you look for things like ramen noodles and microwaves. She's living on ramen noodles and she's living where she goes. Now, sometimes these girls aren't living there, but they're brought in in vans. I don't know why they like white vans with dark windows. So they're brought in in vans and they're brought in back and forth. You start, if you have a business near a massage parlor and you're seeing that, you know, if if you don't want to call your local police department or you have and they're not particularly responding, call 1-888-3737-888 and report that and start to find out about it. Or look up the Homeland Security Blue Campaign and report there. Get people to get involved because we need to be able to stop this. Usually what I do and something like that, if I, I never interfere myself, I never go in there going, you know, do you offer sex here? You know, I never do something like that. Do not get yourself involved in a case. Walk away from there and report it. And then don't expect them to tell you what is going on. By the way, you should know that in all the times that I have done that, my husband's never gotten a gift certificate. So, <laughs> But it is one way to understand. Well, we're coming to the close of this show. I hope this dialogue has been helpful to you. My name is Opal Singleton. You can email me and just let me know you're out there. I'd like to know who follows us. Tell me a little bit about yourself and share the show with each other. My Email address is opal, O-P-A-L, at meandkids.org. And you can follow us at Facebook at Me and Kids. We really appreciate it if you have it in your heart to donate to us. You can simply do that by going to www.meandkids.org and making an online donation or writing to Me and Kids at P.O. Box 7295, Riverside, California, 92513. That is P.O. Box. It's just me and Kids, P.O. Box, 7295, Riverside, California, 92513. I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of you that follow us, especially in the last eight weeks. It's been a really tough eight weeks. My husband was so involved in Me and Kids, and he cared deeply about taking this on. And he so much appreciated all of you who followed us, who donated, who wrote to us and like that. And I appreciate you being part of the Me and Kids family. We hope that you'll let us know who you are. We hope that you'll Share this show with everyone you know. Look at all the archive shows. You can do that at exploitedcrimes.com. That's exploitedcrimes.com. Go on, log on, 
play those on your iPad, iPhone, and you can get educated. Thanks, folks, for joining us. We will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.